our King and Savior draweth nigh. Oh, come, let us adore him. Please be seated. This past week, a seven-year-old boy from Newtown, Connecticut, was laid to rest. His mom and dad had mentioned in the obituary that he had longed to be a firefighter when he grew up, serving in the New York City Fire Department. When they arrived for his funeral, hundreds and hundreds of firefighters stood at attention, lining the streets to honor this young man. The human spirit is able to accomplish great things. Things that are able to move us deeply. Things that enable us to see light shining even for a time in the midst of darkness. Those who gave of their time that day, who put on their dress uniforms and lined the streets, were lights shining in the midst of darkness. They were saying there's something greater than the darkness that has come into the world. For us to point beyond ourselves, however, to something greater, we must first empty ourselves. We must become broken vessels. We must empty ourselves and see others greater than ourselves. In doing so, we follow the example of our Master, our Savior. From Philippians chapter 2, beginning at verse 5, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. We follow the example of our master when we empty ourselves, consider the other greater than ourselves, and walk in humility. Sinners seek to justify themselves. Repentant sinners seek only to be justified by God. 
In today's gospel lesson, John chapter 1, beginning at verse 19, persons come to John the Baptist. Now, John had turned away from the world. He had turned away from everything except what God had called him to do and who God called him to be. In doing so, he was considered strange. He was considered to be an, a mysterious enigma, a wild man out in the wilderness. He had literally removed himself from the world and went into the wilderness in obedience to God. He counted himself as nothing before the Lord. But to do so, to do great things for God, he had to first empty himself. He had to first consider everyone else more important than he. Jesus tells us, speaking of John, that of woman there has been no greater person born than John the Baptist. And yet, John emptied himself. What made John great wasn't that the world recognized him as such because they did not. What made John great wasn't that he used his gifts to draw people to Christ and to say, look at me, because many rejected him. What made him great was that he emptied himself, that he lived for the other, that he counted himself apart from Christ as refuse and counted himself to be all things in Christ. John is an example of the church. We cannot do great things for the Lord unless we first empty ourselves, until we first consider the other greater than ourselves, until we follow the example of our Master, who, though he was God, did not claim equality with God, but rather emptied himself. In Greek, the word kenosis, to be emptied out, to be poured out. It is when we are poured out that we are then able to be filled anew with the power of the Spirit and to do great things. It is to allow God, through our brokenness, to do wonders through us. Many years ago now, although in many ways it still feels like yesterday, I celebrated the 10th anniversary of my ordination. I was a rather new priest here at Holy Trinity, and we held a reception with the bishop at St. Mark's Episcopal Church in Southborough. And I was so very blessed that night and moved in so many ways. 
And there's two things in particular that I remember. One was that many gave testimony that despite my unworthiness, how God had touched them through my ministry to draw them more fully into the Word of God. And I remember Bishop Harvey leaning over and thought and said, I would have thought that it would be something about the fathers of the church or St. Gregory of Nyssa or the sacraments or apostolic succession or there is no filioque. How wonderful that despite yourself, Father, God has used you simply to draw them more fully into the word. The other thing that I remember was the gift that was given me that night. A gift of this handwritten icon of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is holding a scroll in his right hand and pointing to it, not to himself, not to the world, but to the scroll. And the scroll reads, He, meaning Christ, must increase, but I must decrease. He must increase, but I must decrease. How often those words of Scripture have literally reached into a situation and saved me. In today's Gospel, people come to John and they ask, Who are you? The Scriptures tell us that he confessed, he did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And so they wanted to know, firstly, do you claim that you are the Christ, the anointed of God? And John clearly confesses and says, no, I am not the Christ. What about you? What about me? If we were asked, are you the Christ? Are you the anointed of God? Are you the one sent in to save the world? We, would, of course, would answer, no, we, we are not. We are not the Christ. But our actions do not always match our words. My actions do not always match my words. I sometimes will claim more than what God has chosen to give. I sometimes will live my life as if I am my own Christ, my own Savior. If I could only be smart enough, if I can only think through this long enough, if I can only do this and do that, as if I'm playing a game of chess, which I was never good at, by the way, then things will work out well. All will be good. 
but I am not the Christ. They went on to say, what then? Are you Elijah? Elijah was for the Jew the greatest of all the prophets of God. Are you Elijah? And he says, no. I am no one great. And just as he never pointed to himself as being anything more than what God had called him to be or to be anyone more than who God called him to be, just as when Jesus said of him, and yet there has been no person born of woman greater than John the Baptist, Jesus at another time says that indeed he is the spirit of Elijah. But it was not in his claiming that that made him great, but rather in Christ acknowledging and anointing him as the spirit of Elijah. Are you the prophet? No. Who are you then? What do you say about yourself? Now, I, it should be obvious to everyone here that the world did not end on the 21st of December. It may be unintentional, but the Mayans were a lion. But what if we were to come before God today? For indeed, we will. We are in his presence now through the fellowship of the church, through the proclamation of his word, and we shall come and we shall kneel before him and reach out our hearts and our hands to receive the sacrament of his body and his blood. Who do we say that we are before the Christ? Do we exalt ourselves or do we allow God to raise us up having emptied ourselves? There are so many things we can place in front of Christ when we answer who we are. We can say that we are something great and yet the first lesson today from the prophet Isaiah reads that all flesh is grass and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people is grass. The grass withers, the flower fades. That is, we, the world, we have no glory of our own. The only beauty that is within us is the beauty of God who can only grow in us as we decrease. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God will stand forever says the prophet Isaiah. And so we exchange, by the grace of God, the world for the word. For the world shall pass away, but the word of God shall last forever. If the world increases in our heart, then we shall die. But if the word of God rises in our heart, then we shall live and shall live forever. 
For the grass withers, the flower fades. But the word of God will stand forever. Father Michael withers, Father Michael fades, but the word of God will stand forever. You shall wither and you shall fade, but the word of God shall stand forever. And so what do we place in place of the Christ? Is it the world? Is it ourselves? We shall wither and fade, but the word of God shall last forever. The second one is often applicable to me. It's from our second letter, our second epistle today, reading St. Paul to the Philippians chapter 4, beginning at verse 4. It says, The Lord is at hand. Have no anxiety about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. I sometimes will make anxiety the Christ. It becomes everything in the moment. It controls my fears. It allows fear to rise within my heart and to capture my heart. It replaces Christ within me. But just as the first lesson from the prophet Isaiah says, we must exchange the world and ourselves for the word, for the word lasts forever. So our second reading today tells us that we shall, should exchange anxiety for trust in the Lord. Have no anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And then those words that are so familiar to us as Anglican Christians and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Who are you? What is it that you say about yourself? Are you the Christ? Is the world the Christ? Are your fears, your anxieties, your hopes, your dreams, your desires, are they the Christ? Lord, have mercy on me that I may answer no. To confess and to not deny, but to clearly confess no. For he must increase, but I must decrease. What does John answer when asked, what do you say about him, yourself? He says, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. I am simply a voice in the wilderness. My dear church family, we are called to be John the Baptist. We are not consider, to consider ourselves greater than we are. We are never to place ourselves in the place of Christ. He must increase, but we must decrease. We are to be the voice of God, crying in the wilderness. The wilderness is the world. The wilderness is sometimes in our hearts. 
we must hear the voice of God's word crying out, make straight the way of the Lord. May the valleys be made high and the mountains brought low and the rough places made smooth. If you had to go only a mile as the crow flies, but you had to go up mountains and down into valleys and out again, and if you had to slow down your car, I assume there's a car here because I'm way too lazy to walk even that mile, and you had to slow down the car because of the rough spaces, even if it was only a mile as the crow flies, it could take you quite some time to get there. But the word of God says, make straight the way of the Lord. By his grace, bring the mountains down and the valleys up. Make smooth the rough places. Prepare a highway for your God, for your Lord cometh, that he may reign within you. He is the Christ. Tomorrow night we shall welcome him anew as the Lord, our King, our Savior, and our God. May we only seek to be who God calls us to be and to do what God calls us to do, not because we are something great, but because he desires to do great things through us. Thanks be to God, who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. For our King and Savior draweth nigh. O come, let us adore him. It's probably going to cause all kinds of traffic jams, but I'm going to leave this icon of St. John the Baptist right here at the gate of the sanctuary that as we come forward this day to receive communion, we may stop and hear again the word of the Lord spoken through the prophet, who although Christ says was the greatest ever to be born of woman, the very spirit of Elijah who shall come before the face of God to prepare his ways, counted himself as nothing. Let us read those words that he must increase and we must decrease. Amen.